Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellard from Ad Advance, and today I'm joined by Mr. Matt Wickland. Matt, how are you doing today? It's a prime day, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> doing well? We are recording on prime day. It is a prime day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, when I'm looking at, so I'm, I'm wearing this green shirt today. It is just taking me back. Do you remember when we recorded like some of the first videos that we ever did? Yeah. I, I was wearing a green shirt and I remember watching that video over and over and over again. <laughs> and for anybody who's listened to like our original podcast, I'm hoping that we've improved over time. <laughs> yeah, they used to be a, a little bit more like bullet pointed out yeah. and scripted out a little bit more on what we're going to cover. And now we're, we just kind of sit down and talk. So <laughs> hope you're enjoying it. hope we've hopefully improved over time after <laughs> how many episodes. But uh, today, what we want to talk about is just talking through overall advertising metrics. So KPIs, how I always want to say key KPIs, but KPIs, key performance indicators, and what really matters. So as we got going, like one of the initial major KPIs and still a major focus area for a lot of sellers was ACOS. Um, and if you take the inverse of that, it's ROAS. So kind of this return on advertising spend. And what we want to do for this episode is just talk through the pros and cons of that metric itself, but then other key metrics that we're looking at as we're analyzing advertising performance. And so key thing that we're hoping to get out of this podcast is you can't just focus on one metric. There's going to be a lot of different metrics that are really helpful as we go. Yeah. With a little asterisk that ACOS ROAS are incredibly important, right? For sure. Yeah. For sure. So we're not just writing this off and say, don't look at ACOS or ROAS, but there are other asterisks, asterisks <laughs> that fall into that metric too yeah. when you're analyzing it. It's so, not the only metric you should be looking at far more in your account, Yep. especially yep. with certain products or different goals. Yeah. So for those advertisers who are listening that aren't as like integrated with the Amazon system and are more used to ROAS. Walk us through ACOS. So what is ACOS? ACOS is advertising cost of sale. Uh, the formula for it is ad spend divided by ad sales. So basically it gives you a rough like profitability or like, margin on your advertising spend. Sure. You spend $10 and you gain $100 in sales. You have a 10% ACOS. Yep. Uh, it's a really nice metric uh, for comparing to like profitability percentages and stuff like that, like gross margin. If you have a 30% gross margin percent, uh, gross profit margin, yep. and you have a 30% ACOS, you're breaking even on your ads. Uh, if ACOS is favorable to gross margin, you're earning marginal profitability from your ads. Uh, so the percentage, you know, Amazon ACOS is, it's a bit more like, I don't know, it's kind of an Amazon term, right? Yeah. Uh, ROAS is industry standard. Yep. Uh, Amazon's been making a push to move more towards ROAS and industry standard, but uh, ACOS is still like the key metric that most Amazon brands are talking about when speaking to like their ad ad returns, ad profitability. Yep. Yeah. And as we look at ROAS, so ROAS is just the inverse of ACOS. So it's going to be ad sales over ad spend. 
Um, so if I've got a 25% ACOS, I'm going to have a 4X ROAS. And so like you're saying, ROAS is much more industry standard. In terms of e-commerce sales, I think I like ACOS better. And maybe that's just where I started. <laughs> but I, I agree. I like the percentage better. And the, the key reason is that, yeah, if I have a 30% margin profit margin before advertising and then i have a 25 percent acos okay i just made a five percent profit on that product that i just sold yes there's other outside benefits and everything like that that we can tie into and start talking through it but i like that it's more intuitive to me than a 4x roas i guess 4x roas it's just really more focused on the top line versus like a cost is a little bit more it makes me think about the profit more yeah i guess and so a cost has always been a bit more intuitive to me when i'm thinking about the bottom line um and that's where if i'm looking at the two and i'm really trying to figure out impact yeah i can do the quick math in my head and everything but personally i think i'm still drawn to acos it might be a little nostalgia there but i don't know i like rose better do you yeah yeah, yeah. what sales can i expect from each dollar of ad spend sure um I don't know. It depends what you're measuring too. Like it seems like when we're looking at display campaigns and audience targeting, stuff sure. like that, like we're speaking in more towards a ROAS. And then when you go back to like the core ad tactics, sponsored products, for example, it seems like everybody talks about ACOS still. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a good differentiation. So if I'm looking at a bottom of funnel strategy and I'm more bottom line focused, that's where ACOS is really going to be more intuitive or helpful. Yeah. If I'm really focused on growing top line or if I'm going more upper funnel too, because you're not going to have direct sales from those upper funnel campaigns as much. I, I think I like, I, I like ROAS more um, and just the industry standard kind of jumping between the different platforms too. Like I, I think that has a nice tie. So yeah. You can't have it both ways, Joe. Pick one. No, we're, this is the episode <laughs> where we're picking multiple. <laughs> so we'll have both. <laughs> All right. So Matt, walk me through. So first off, we'll state that, yes, these metrics are really valuable. And there's optimizations that we do to try to hit these metrics. What are some of the downfalls of ACOS or ROAS? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first that comes to mind is ACOS and ROAS or any conversion event is typically measured based on a last touch attribution model, meaning the last ad that you click or the last ad that you view, if it's view-based attribution, is credited with the conversion. And so when you're running a full funnel approach or even, you know, move above just bottom of funnel approaches, ACOS doesn't measure the true impact of like more awareness or consideration oriented campaigns because they're driving the interest, but a conversion campaign, which has a very close proximity to the point of sale, like a sponsored product, branded search, like very bottom of funnel, right? You search that you're probably looking to buy that brand's product at that point. Um, or even like literal proximity on a product detail page an SD product targeting ad showing up right under the buy box, you know, click through, you're on a product page, you're ready to convert. Anyways, sure. these upper funnel ads, they drive awareness, but they may not be the final touch point before you actually convert. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the ROAS or the ACOS for these upper funnel tactics, it's often understated because there's an ad during the journey that occurs later that's credited with a conversion 
even though this ad tactic maybe introduced somebody to your product and generated the initial interest that led to that conversion. Yep. Yep. So a couple of key points to just reiterate there. So when we're measuring ACOS or ROAS, the reported ad sale is attributed to the last ad that you clicked in the terms of pay-per-click ads or viewed in terms of say like DSP ads or some sponsored display ads. And so with this last touch attribution, it's going to attribute that sale to the ad that's usually closest to the sale. So more bottom of funnel. Um, and so when we're talking about upper funnel, you may have a really poor reported ROAS because that's not the last ad that you see. We'll do an example where, all right, I am on weather.com. I see this beautiful display ad. I view it. I don't click it. And we'll just, I'm getting ready to go camping with the family. So it's camping gear. I'll go back to my normal example. And then later I say, okay, crap, I need to go get this camping gear or this tent, whatever. And I go in and search on Amazon. And then I see that a sponsored ad for that brand and I click it. Well, that ad that I saw on weather.com, that doesn't get the attributed sale, but the one, the sponsored ad that I clicked on amazon.com that gets the attributed sale. And so ROAS is going to look poor for the weather.com ad, but really what we should be doing is taking the aggregate ROAS. So, you know, kind of tying back those two ads together. Now I can see the full journey and it's like, okay, now you can attribute the proportion of sales to the different ads. There's a lot of different attribution models, but the key thing is that upper funnel, it's usually not going to get a lot of the reported sales just because they may see another ad lower in the funnel that gets that sale that's attributed. Yeah. Another quick example, you go to amazon.com, you key in the search term tent, you're presented with tons of different tent products. You find a brand that you really like, uh, they have some cool offerings, but you want to see what their full catalog looks like. So you key in Coleman tents, uh, and then you click, you know, maybe even the same tent that you initially looked at, uh, sure. when you click through on like that initial search for tents drove your interest in Coleman tents, you keyed in a branded search, um, that's, and clicked an ad that is then credited with the sale. So even though Tent got you very down funnel, ready to buy essentially looking in brand, that one click, you know, 10 seconds later, whatever would be credited with a conversion too. Sure, so, sure. And that, that really puts us to uh, the other downfall of ACOS or ROAS. And so if I came to Ad Advance and I'm Coleman, so I'm the, I'm the tent producer and I say, hey, I want to maximize my ACoS. Um, well, to maximize your ACoS, one thing you could do is just do branded search for Coleman. Minimize ACoS. Sorry, minimize ACoS, maximize ROAS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I want ACoS to get better. I want ROAS to get better. And so what an advertiser could do is they could say, okay, we're just going to do branded search for Coleman and we're going to cut out all the other stuff. So we're not going to advertise for tents but we're just gonna advertise for Coleman. Well, what's gonna happen there is that if I type in Coleman tent, I'm likely looking for a Coleman tent. My conversion rate, the probability that I purchase after a click is gonna be much higher. And so my ACOS is gonna look really good for those branded campaigns. But the key question with our ads is, like, Ads are there to try to drive sales that wouldn't have happened without those ads. And so is that really achieving the key goal? I can have an awesome ACOS or a ROAS, 
but maybe I want to expand the number of people who are seeing my Coleman tents and advertising for something more general like tents or even a little bit more long tail, four person backpacking tent or whatever it is. Those are more general, but they're going to expand the people who see my products. And that's really the point of our ads. So that's the other key downfall that I see is when somebody comes in, they say, I just, all I care about is ACOS, make it good. That can push you into areas where your advertising may be cannibalizing sales that would have occurred anyway. But ACOS could look really good because it's just branded search. Yeah, it's potentially less incremental or it is less incremental compared to more general category searches. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Another downfall of ACOS would be uh, like lifetime value. If you have a supplement, anything that's consumable, beauty, so on and so forth. Um, ACOS doesn't measure, it only measures the sales from the initial conversion. It doesn't measure future conversions from getting somebody in brand. So take a beverage, for example. Uh, let's say, I don't know, an energy drink. Uh, somebody clicks through, makes the purchase. Energy drink, like those keywords are incredibly costly. They have very, very high CPCs, uh, same with supplements and beauty. Typically yep. the key reason for that is because brands know that if we get a consumer in the door, buy it once, there's a very strong likelihood or a higher probability that they'll buy it again, driving future sales. So it's much more competitive that can push up ACOS, push down ROAS into like deeply unprofitable territory. If you're looking at a 30% margin, maybe a 60%, 80% ACOS, let's say it's 60%. But if they buy it again three weeks later or whenever, that effectively, effectively cuts that ACOS in half. Mm -hmm. If they buy it again, you're into like the very profitable territory. So uh, ACOS for a new to brand customer can be higher. And unfortunately, ACOS, it just doesn't take that uh, into account. It only looks at the current conversion and whatever spent or yeah, current conversions and whatever the spend is. Yeah. Yeah. So just taking that energy drink example, let's say that when somebody comes in, they buy your energy drinks, we'll use nice round numbers. Say it's a $20 purchase. And based off of reported data and what we know, if somebody comes in and they buy one, they usually buy another four times. Um, and so what we can say is, well, the lifetime value of that customer is not just that initial $20 purchase, it's $100 because they come, they buy that initial pack, and then they will buy four more. So you get 20 times five is $100. Now let's say that we spent $10 on our ads to get that first purchase. So $10 to drive that initial $20 sale, my ACOS is 50%, or I have a 2x ROAS. But now if I look at my lifetime value, well, I spent $10, but the average person is going to spend $100 total because they come back and they buy from us four more times. Now I have a 10% ACOS or a 10X ROAS. And so just taking lifetime value into account for those products that do have uh, 
repeat purchases or cross purchases. Like if I introduce them to my brand, then they tend to buy other products from me can be very valuable. And so that's where I see some people getting stuck, especially on the consumable side where they say, man, if I look at my ACOS, it's so unprofitable. But what's probably happening is your competitors are really good at driving repeat purchases after that initial sale um, to increase that lifetime value. Whereas if you look on a lifetime value basis, now it's profitable overall and they can really drive sales. And so it's really expanding from just that initial sale that you drove from the ads to, okay, what are they going to buy over the lifetime? Exactly. Yeah. And it's not always the same product. Sometimes they go cross catalog compliments. You buy a shampoo, eventually you buy the conditioner, you know, so ACOS, you know, at a product level, it's just, it's not a great metric when there are repeat purchases or you need to adjust for it in your ACOS target, you know, your goal setting to incorporate that LTV. So there's a couple of alternative metrics that you can use. A great one would be tacos. Um, so a lot of the future conversions after you get a new to brand customer are going to happen organically. They're brand familiar. Maybe they subscribe and save, or they just find the listing organically, go through their order history, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so if you set budgets based on tacos and you're willing to stomach, you know, higher levels of ACOS for new to brand customers, it can lead to that. It, it can fuel brands growth. And you know, defining tacos. Uh, ad spend divided by total sales. Sure. So because those future conversions may come through organically, you can account for that in your budgeting process. Set a budget, but a looser, uh, you know, a consistent budget, something that works well for your overall brand's margins, you know, P&L basically, and then be looser with your ACOS goals, uh, looking at other, you know, quality metrics in addition to that. Yeah. And what's nice with tacos is, if I look at ACOS, so that gives me, so if I know my profit margin before advertising, say it's 30% and I have a 25% ACOS, well, I know I'm making a 5% profit on any of those ad sales. But from a business standpoint, that doesn't help me as much because I'm not just focused on advertising sales, I'm focused on overall sales. Um, and that's where tacos is really helpful because if you set a budget and say, let's set a tacos at 10%, what I know is that for my overall sales, advertising is going to take 10%. So if my product has a 30% profit margin before advertising and I have a tacos of 10%, now I'm looking at total sales versus just ad sales and I can see that, okay, after advertising, I can have a 20% profit margin. And so it's a good budgeting metric to give you overall impacts of advertising versus just focusing on those specific ad sales, which can also drive different actions. So, um, yeah, I, I think tacos is a great way to kind of look at the business, like more top down. It, yeah. Yeah. Better overall budgeting metric. Yeah. And that's not to say, again, going back to the initial disclaimer, I guess, like don't ignore ACOS, obviously, like. If we have two keywords within like the same general category, for example, like tent versus lightweight two-person tent, and you're selling a lightweight two-person tent, sure. like they're still achieving, you know, a similar objective and like, it's not a branded search. We're reaching a customer that may not be familiar with their brand already in terms of like prioritization of ad spend, obviously, you know, ACOS, it takes into account 
uh, CPC and conversion rate together, which is great. So it's still good for prioritization within, you know, the same category or funnel stage of the targeting mix that you're using, whether keywords, product targets or audiences. Yep. Yep. And that's the downfall of tacos is that, yeah, I could allocate 10% of my overall sales to advertising, but we'll just use a hypothetical. Say I target this completely irrelevant keyword and I spend my whole budget there and it doesn't drive a sale. Well, my tacos at 10% could still really look good, but my A cost is going to be horrible. <laughs> and so this is how they can kind of go hand in hand. Tacos is great for setting like higher level objectives for our advertising spend. And hopefully you're able to decrease tacos over time because those organic sales grow. But at the same time, now with ACOS, that's a much better measure to measure advertising efficiency while also taking into account strategy. So branded search is also always going to have a better ACOS than a much more general search. But that general search, may those general keywords may have much more incrementality in driving expanded sales. Exactly. So one other metric that I really like too is cost per acquisition. Mm -hmm. And this one is really valuable for me um, when looking at products that have high lifetime value. Because like we just did the example where we said, okay, you've got a 50% A cost on that initial sale, but we know lifetime value for those energy drinks is $100. And what we said is we spend $10 to get that initial sale. Well, that's my cost per acquisition. And so it makes it really easy for me to determine if I'm comparing lifetime value and cost per acquisition, then I can see, okay, is this making sense overall in terms of like, it's my true... ROAS, I guess. You could do like lifetime value um, divided by cost per acquisition. That's going to be a 10x return once I take in lifetime value and I calculate out that, that cost per acquisition, which is just total spend to generate that sale. But I, I like that. It's a nice it's general clean. metric. Yeah, it's yeah. clean. Yeah. yeah, I prefer it as well. Like, especially cost per new to brand acquisition if we're still sure. talking consumables. Uh, just because they haven't made previous purchases and are likely to make future purchases. So looking at new to brand CPA, uh, I like it more than new to brand ROAS. It just, it's more intuitive. I feel like looking at um, the CPA cost to acquire a new customer when you know what the value of a new customer is, you know what your brand's LTV is. Yeah. So maybe, maybe expand on that a little bit. So you just differentiated between new to brand cost per acquisition versus just cost per acquisition. Kind of explain the difference there and why you care about it. Sure. Yeah. So new to brand CPA would be the cost to acquire a new to brand customer, somebody that hasn't purchased from your brand in the last year. Uh, Regular CPA cost per acquisition is just generally uh, ad spend divided by orders. Yeah. So it includes all of the repeat orders in there. Uh, all the customers that are already in brand and likely to make future purchases, whether organically or through paid ads, branded keywords, whatever, whatever you're targeting. Sure. Um, so the, the greatest value essentially like future value is gained from somebody that's going to make more future orders, right? Like obviously some customers make orders in perpetuity. Uh, they love your product. They're going to keep buying it. They're unsubscribe and save, uh, for example, but new to brand customers, that's like somebody that doesn't know your products, you win that business and then you get that LTV out of them. Yep. So 
repeat customers, you've already got the LTV. They're already in brand. They're already going to continue to make purchases. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, kind of key thing there is like for just straight up cost per acquisition, you may be getting ad clicks for people who are coming back to purchase again. And so, uh, you know, a key goal for especially high lifetime value clients is to expand new to brand customers. So then we're getting that full lifetime value. Kind of the, the final one that I love to look at too, especially as we start going more like upper funnel strategies is market share percentage. Um, and what's really nice about this metric is it kind of factors out all of the other like economic things that are going on and really gives you a better picture on how am I doing against my competition and am I owning the market share for say the search term or you can measure it for more specific product categories but market share percentage it's really nice to be able to say all right am I gaining ground or am I losing ground to my competition totally and I love that we're bringing bringing that into the the conversation at this issue because it's something that's really actionable there's an awesome report in Amazon brand analytics called uh, search query performance That'll give your market share for your brand uh, by a ranked list of keywords. And what you can do is look at your market share for purchases, your market share for add to carts, clicks, and impressions. And you can compare those ratios to one another, which is a huge value add because you can look at where do I have like really good add to cart rates, really good share of add to carts, but I'm not getting uh, as many clicks like relative to one another sure. that could be an opportunity to amplify like impression volume click volume for something that your brand converts for, uh better for than like the rest of the market for example yeah or just finding looking at market share by specific keywords you can also drill down to uh you can use a filter to filter on specific asin and get its own list of keywords too which is pretty cool great for finding all of those awesome market share metrics uh yeah, market share by a variety of metrics. Yep. Yeah. So we, we won't have time to cover all the details there, but we did a great podcast where you covered some different ways to use the search query performance report. So uh, just looking at overall market share is really helpful. There's some other cool ways that you can utilize the report too. Um, so if you haven't listened to that one, go back and check that out. It's another one that Matt and I did a little while ago. Yeah. So overall, I mean, we covered... Uh, ACOS, ROAS, tacos, cost per acquisition, kind of tying in lifetime value and market share percentage. Any other major ones that we missed? I know there's a ton of other metrics that we can look at. No, I think I think that's a good list. Heavy on, you know, the pitfalls of ACOS and what to look for as alternatives, especially if you have consumables or high LTV, uh, high repeat purchase potential. So yeah. Yeah. So key message, ACOS, we still love you. But <laughs> at the same time, there's a lot of other pieces that we want to take into account just to make sure that we're looking at the full picture with our advertising and really getting the results that we're looking for. The most so, incremental results. The most incremental results. I like that. Yeah. So, well, as always, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And I will just plug. So we're starting to roll out different email updates where we're sending out if any new features are coming out, starting to summarize some key 
changes that we're seeing in the market. So if you want to get in on that, uh, feel free to go over to adadvance.com. You can sign up to join our mailing list. We'll make sure we won't we won't spam you whatsoever. We're just going to add pure value, just trying to do what we're doing on the podcast. Uh, new features, other updates, we'll just provide updates like that. So as always, we really appreciate you listening to the Ad Project Podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.